Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries Podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Legal Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news, as well as evolving methods of providing legal service. I'm Mary Vandenack, founder and CEO of Vandenack Weaver LLC. I will be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about legal and tax issues, trusts and estates, business succession and exit planning, legal technology, law practice management and leadership, and upon occasion, well-being. First of all, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Foster Group, Veterans Victory Housing and Business Centers, and Carson Private Client. Here's a message from Interactive Legal. Technology has become an essential part of our daily lives. However, not all fields have embraced technology. Lawyers, especially estate planning attorneys, need to stay up to date with specific laws and any issues affecting taxes and wealth preservation. Implementing an automated drafting system can help lawyers spend more time with their clients and less time doing back office tasks. Estate planners and law professionals turn to Interactive Legal as their main resource for the latest planning strategies. Interactive Legal provides the most comprehensive productivity system on the market with an easy-to-use document drafting system, extensive continuing education, thought-provoking discussion forums, and more. With Interactive Legal, attorneys get to spend more time with their clients. It's time to connect, collaborate, and create. To learn more about Interactive Legal, visit interactivelegal.com. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business, resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, we provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth, giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. On today's episode, my guest is Deirdre Wheatley-Liss. Deirdre focuses her practice in the areas of asset protection planning, taxation, estate planning and administration, elder law, and also representing closely held businesses and nonprofit organizations. She has experience in Medicaid, retirement benefits, probate and will contest litigation, guardianships, and advocacy for the elderly and disabled. Deirdre joined me on a previous episode where we discussed the client-centric practice. I asked her back today to talk to me about automation and artificial intelligence opportunities for estate planners. Thanks for joining me again. Thank you so much, Mary, and thank you for asking me to talk about my favorite topic after taxes with edge technology. I am a total techno geek. I love trying to find 
new ways to be able to bring technology that the overall business community is using into the law firm um, practice area. Um, I think it makes for happier clients. It makes for happier employees. Candidly, it makes for a happier Deirdre if I can be more efficient in what I'm doing. And I'm very excited to be able to share with you sort of some thoughts around how we've integrated automation and are starting to integrate um, you know, art these, you know, artificial intelligence, not that it's new, but artificial intelligence tools into what it is that we're doing to increase the quality that we're providing to clients to inc um, do it on a shorter time frame, to do it with more efficiently, and most importantly, to, to do it very profitably. And I'm just going to repeat a comment that our producer made to me when I was recording a podcast earlier this week that I've repeated about 100 times since which is when people ask if they're going to be replaced by artificial intelligence, the answer is no, but you're very likely going to be replaced by a person plus artificial intelligence. So let's talk about the business case for the use of AI and automation in a law practice and actually how it can boost profitability. Yeah, so I, I want to make a comment on the being replaced by artificial intelligence. Uh, I, I, there's just no way that I see it, but it is going to be a shift, and this is what I see happening. There are a lot of, I'm going to call them lower level repetitive tasks that we have to do right now. Those lower level repetitive tasks within the next two, five, whatever the case may be years are going to be taken over by technology. That doesn't put us out of a job though. That relieves us of time that we're not able to spend with clients right now. It relieves us of the minutia of practicing law. So I actually see this elevating the practice. For those of us who've been practicing for many, many years, it gives us an opportunity to actually engage with clients, find out what their needs are, educate them, talk to them. And for young attorneys, instead of having to, oh, I don't know, check citations over and over again, they'll more quickly in their career be able to be speaking to and working with and engaging directly with clients, which I think is going to increase the overall happiness of attorneys, as well as elevating the level of client service that, um, that we can provide. Um, so, so why is this important? Profitability. I, um, I, I, I speak a lot. I know lots of attorneys, you know, and I, I do a lot of talking about the business of law, of, of running a law practice. And many I find are, they make it too complicated in terms of, is my law practice successful? And they don't look at their numbers and use those numbers to make changes of what they're doing. So what is profitability at the end of the day? Profitability at the end of the day is how much revenue are you bringing in for doing something over the cost of what that is, okay? And the cost is not your billable hour rate. The cost of doing something is what are your direct costs, which would be the cost of your employees, the cost of your space, um, the, your indirect costs, the, the, you know, the overall, um, the cost of your overall marketing allocated in some way, the cost of your IT systems. There is some number there that you can come up with, which is the cost of per hour of a person, Deirdre, Mary, my legal assistant, my paralegal, my associate, my counsel working on a file. If I were to multiply the time, the cost of what it spent versus what the return was on the file, again, not my hourly billing rate, but the true cost, 
That's what my profitability is. And that's something that I think people are missing because oftentimes I find attorneys who are laboring in very unprofitable areas of their practice because their gut says, these are my most profitable, but they may be their highest revenue areas, but they're not necessarily their most profitable areas. And they're not looking at where are those areas where I'm getting the greatest profit? And should I maybe be putting my marketing dollars as an example towards what those areas are? So, you know, and when it comes down to your most expensive resource is your people, right? And that's where automation comes into play and AI comes into play. Because if we can reallocate our most expensive resource, our people that are working with our clients to provide the highest level of value and reduce the cost through automation and AI of those minutia details, we can have people working more profitably, more effectively, and more happily by putting automation and AI in to our practices. Well, let's talk about some examples of automation that you can put in place in a practice. Absolutely. So from an automation perspective, and I know that Interactive Legal, um, you know, sponsors this event, but that happens to be who I use for our drafting. Okay. Through having drafting software, um, And in order to use drafting software well, candidly, you have to give up some of the pride of your language when it comes to drafting, right? Because the idea is, is that you're going to produce the same high quality documents with the exact same language over and over and over again. And by using automation, we've been able to set up a variety of profiles. And this can be done in Elder County Wealth Council across the board. You could actually automate your own documents. I don't necessarily recommend it simply because the law is constantly changing. And now you have to have a person who's responsible for updating all of your automated documents. But the idea being that if I'm doing a power of attorney, a living will and a disclaimer will with guardians, that that document that is initially produced by our drafting clerk, not by an attorney, but by our drafting clerk, is going to be the same over and over and over again. The rule against perpetuities language is identical. The powers for the trustees are identical. This then leads to efficiencies that I just need to focus on where that document's being customized for the client. And when I'm looking at it, the language, the paragraphs, the words are the same over and over and over again. So a high level of quality control and a reduced amount of time, both on the initial production and then on the review of the documents, which means I spend all my time actually talking to the client, not trying to make sure that, you know, the old client name of Smith isn't in there when I'm doing the Jones's documents. And I'm going to tell you, the clients may not read every page of the document, but if you have another client's name in there, they are absolutely going to see it. It's going to jump out to them like there's like a band behind it in terms of what they're doing. So automation, investing in the technology to automate, agreeing that we're going to automate everything. We're not just like, it's not just that Mary's going to automate her documents and, you know, Patricia, she's going to use the old forms from, you know, 2012, but we're all going to automate leads to higher quality, leads to more efficiency. And at the end of the day, because the product is the same, no matter who's delivering it, it also reduces the risk for the law firm that maybe somebody like deleted a paragraph somewhere that was really important, like, oh, waving the bond in a will. We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors. Financial advice is useless without empathy. At Foster Group, we want to hear your story, your goals, your worries about the future. Only then can we help you feel confident about all aspects of your financial life. Come experience how it feels to be truly cared for at Foster Group. 
Connect with us at fostergrp.com. Foster Group's written disclosure brochure, as set forth in Part 2A of Form ADV, discusses advisory services and fees, is available at www.fostergrp.com. Okay, let's continue our episode. So let's talk a little bit about the ethical issues with technology and artificial intelligence specifically. Absolutely. So, you know, as attorneys, we are bound by ethical rules. And everyone's seen the case of the two poor attorneys in New York that used Chaff GPT to generate cases that didn't actually exist. And while it got a lot of play, I candidly don't blame that on ChatGPT. It wasn't its fault. I treat ChatGPT as if a brand new, wet behind the ears, just got my, you know, just past the bar attorney gave me a piece of information. Yes, they have training and yes, they have knowledge, but you know what they don't have? They don't have any experience at all. And I'm going to review a document that I get from that person much more carefully than I'm going to review a document that I'm getting from, an, you know, someone who's been practicing for 15 years in an area, right? So I don't blame AI there. It's just that AI happened to be what, you know, what caused the situation. Having said that, we have a duty under 1.1 comment 8 to actually evaluate the risks and benefits of technology. So it's actually unethical to say, I'm never going to use AI because this scary case happened and I don't want it to happen to me. Um, We have a duty under 1.5 to charge a reasonable fee. Using automation and artificial intelligence can help potentially reduce the cost of litigation, of drafting, of whatever it is that we're involved in. Um, On the flip side, we have a duty under 1.6 to maintain confidentiality. Well, that's pretty easy. Don't put your clients' names into ChatGPT. If you're going to use Grammarly, you know, change all the names to Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse before you put it in Grammarly to make sure that, you know, it's reading in the best possible way to do it. We also have a rule under 5.3 to supervise non-lawyer assistance. That goes back to ChatGPT and Grammarly. So if there's an opportunity to be able to utilize those as attorneys we're required to review them. But again, how is that different than getting a piece of information from a brand new attorney where you're evaluating their work product and seeing you know, whether or not, hey, these cases are the cases that we need. And then finally, every firm needs to have a policy about how they're going to utilize AI. Um, if they drafted their policy before, I don't know, December of last year, they don't have an AI component in it because it really just exploded on the news scene. Notwithstanding, we've all been using artificial intelligence for years. Siri is artificial intelligence. We've been utilizing it. But firms should have a policy, not to say you can never use it, but to say you have to investigate its uses. Never put client information in there. And as a practical matter, you can never issue something without your own review of it, whether it's going to be attorney work product or it's going to be marketing or communications um, material. But honestly, I think that's the don't be stupid rule because nobody should be just passing somebody else's work along as their own without glancing at it in the first place. So can you give us some examples of artificial intelligence integration? Yeah. So for myself, and I use it all the time and again, because I'm interested in it, ChatGPT works really, really well. I find um, draft me an obituary for somebody who passed away at age 75, had three children, eight grandchildren, and really loved animal rescue organizations, right? 
you're going to get a good starting point for that. ChatGPT. I'm a lawyer. I'm trying to put together a four-paragraph article around the estate tax changes related to um, grantor trust. Okay, you're going to get a good starting point from that. ChatGPT. I need to put together an artificial intelligence policy for a mid-sized law firm located in Nebraska. All of those things, if you're noticing the prompts that I'm using, I'm not just saying I need an artificial intelligence policy. I'm saying who I am, what I need, the output that I want it to be um, for it to become a starting point. So the first thing with ChatGPT or with any of these artificial intelligence, you have to have a good prompt. And you may say, I have no idea how to get a good prompt. But you know what you have? You have access to YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in how to write a good ChatGPT prompt, watch a couple of five to 10 minute long videos, and you're going to be an absolute expert and it's going to cost you nothing but time. I think that the best use cases for this are... Um, Email communications when you're trying to potentially communicate a very complicated idea, because you can even say ChatGPT, explain, I don't know, the generation skipping tax at a high school level, right? And you're not going to send it out as is, but it's going to give you an idea of what it is to do. Um, other things, um, if you're going to write an article or do a PowerPoint presentation, ChatGPT, um, you know, outline a PowerPoint presentation for me going over the ethical issues for attorneys in XYZ area. You get bullet points and now you can turn those into your PowerPoint presentation. Those I think are the best things to do. But, you know, in terms of the use case, you have to try it. I just don't want people to be fearful that it's out there and say, well, I'm not going to use it because we're going to very quickly change from your client saying, I'm concerned that you're using artificial intelligence to them saying, you know, hey, you could be using artificial intelligence. Why are your fees so high, given that you can automate all of these tasks? And we need to get ahead of that question. I've actually had clients already send me documents that they pulled up in chat GPT and asked me if this would work for a situation. So I think we have to use it. But I do think one of the things I've heard is that you know, we're talking about chat GPT, but the broader context is really artificial intelligence in general. And what I'm hearing is chat GPT is going to be obsolete in a couple of years. Whether or not that's accurate, I have no idea. But I do know that we have a lot of companies in the legal industry that have a lot of data and a lot of databases that are really working hard to create tools. So I think it's super important point that you made is be paying attention to artificial intelligence and how you can use it in your practice. Would you have any last thoughts on yeah. this topic today? Yeah. So one thing to think about, most of us use Microsoft-based systems. Microsoft is an absolute leader in this area. Don't be surprised if your next upgrade of Outlook, that there's a helpful little thing that when you hit reply to an email, it actually types out a reply for you to be able to look at. This is where we're going. And once that happens, there's going to be an expectation that we are utilizing these tools. So going back to using automation and AI for profitability, what is it that you can do to be elevating the positives of that in your practice? Hey, clients, I'm going to have longer times to be able to meet with you. I'm going to be able to spend more time training my associates for what they're going to be able to do. If you're billing by the hour, is there an opportunity to start billing on a flat fee basis for something? Because if what used to take you 10 hours is now going to take you three hours, your intelligence to get to that it hasn't changed, just the means of doing it. So maybe you bill for that on a flat fee basis. So I encourage attorneys not to be fearful because the news has been scandalous that we've all seen, but to really think about how is this going to impact my practice? And Mary, to your point, 
not going to be impacting our practices in 10 years. It's impacting our practices now. And if you and I were to speak one year from today, I guarantee you we would have a whole list of things to talk about, about automation and AI that just don't even exist today. Oh, and I think I was actually thinking that before you said it, that I'm going to calendar a follow-up for this one year because there will (laughs) be huge changes and it'll be fun to see those changes in those years in that one year. So thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me today. And as we reach the end of our episode, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Carson Private Client, Veterans Victory, and Foster Group. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our weekly releases. Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal legal needs or questions you may have. A Huda Media Production.